Hey everybody, this is Diana Stemkowski of You Can Change Your Mind About Anything About You That You Want podcast. And I'm the life and business coach for massage therapists, but uh, don't feel left out if you are not one of those because pretty much all that I'm saying can be applied to you in some form or another. So uh, first off, happy 2022. It is, I'm recording this on January 3rd. So I've been doing a lot of thinking about what I wanted to talk about top of the year because I, like a lot of people, place a lot of weight and importance on the beginning of the year. And so I've called this goals and our perception of time as, a, as an episode name. Our perceptions of time are interesting to me because I've been doing a lot of thinking about how I look at the end of the year, how I look at the end of a month, how I look at the end of a day or a week. And I have different relationships with different days of the week. I have a different relationship, which I've just shifted for December um, that I'll talk about in a little bit. And realizing subconsciously how I view the beginning of the year, January 1, compared to December 31st. And really, there's no difference. But because it's December 31st, in my mind, it's the end of the year. And things should have happened. There should have been things that I felt were supposed to happen. So I, I got coached on this last week because I realized how how much weight I gave December 31st for the first time, probably ever I created a goal for myself for the month of December, because I went into December thinking, yeah, you know, it's just the end of the year. Why, why would I create a goal for myself? And the, the question I asked myself was why not? Because I don't have to wait to create something. I don't have to wait until January 1st or the beginning of the year to create something. I've been creating quarterly goals for myself for the past year specifically. And I find, I find that really helpful. It helps me be intentional. So how we think about, I'll just talk about my particular situation that I was sick for part of December. Um, and sick the week before the week before Christmas. And so I felt like I, I was angry, first of all, that I was sick because I had plans for the rest of the year and I was resisting my own illness, which is fun. Uh, look back to, I think to the previous, uh, two episodes ago, when I talk about that, the things that I learned about being sick in December, um, and so I had a plan in my mind in the beginning of December and it just didn't work out that way. So I got mad, which is really helpful as we all know. Um, and so I approached the end of December in a fog that I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to get to my goal. I was pretty diligent about creating what I wanted to create in terms of content and being consistent and available to people, um, being open to continued coaching most every day in December. 
I missed a few days because I was sick. But I think for me, the end of the year was a lot more of a powerful, looming presence than I thought. And so last week, between Christmas and New Year's, I was floundering a bit. I had planned on taking that week off and wound up working a few hours a bit every day, except I think Friday. So I worked, even though I said I wouldn't, but I also didn't kill myself trying to quote unquote catch up. I was very present in my business. Uh, most of the time when I was there, I was like, I want to get this done. I want to get this done. Everything else can wait. It's not important or, you know, whatever. I just make, made decisions and felt pretty good about them. But also, on the other hand, felt pretty crappy. I felt disappointed in myself. I felt such shame. I cannot begin to tell you how much shame I felt because certain things happened which I did not want to repeat. And they wound up repeating themselves in a way that it, it caught me off guard. You know, I felt like I was back in a place where I haven't been in a year or two years. And it felt like I had lost momentum as part of December because I got sick and because of the holidays. And none of that was true, but I had a whole bunch of stories in my head about how powerless and helpless I was amidst my circumstance of the, the, the you know, decreasing number of days in December of 2021. That had so much weight for me, and I felt so much shame. I mean, I I haven't felt shame in a really long time, and it feels a cer certain way in my body that is inescapable. That was my fog. So I got some coaching on that and got some clarity and gave myself a lot of grace and space to process it and let it be there. Not a fun thing to do at all, but I know for me, fighting it, resisting it are even less helpful. So um, what I want to talk about is this, our perceptions of time. I want you to really question how you look at the beginning of the week. What does Monday mean to you? I know for me, Monday was for several years when I was in certification, especially I recognized Monday as something I dreaded above all else. It took a lot of my Sunday. I didn't enjoy my weekend because I was dreading Monday so much. I had this story about Monday that there was, I had to get all these things done. It had to be done right. And it was exhausting and untrue. And so I've, I've had a lot of coaching on just Monday. I like Tuesday and Wednesday because in my mind, Tuesdays and when Mondays, Tuesdays and Wednesdays are when I have the most energy. I believe that my energy runs out Thursday and Friday. And to some extent, I think this is true for me. I'm still exploring this in terms of my how I schedule things. But I feel, for the most part, that's true. Thursday rolls around and my attention span is gets increasingly limited into Thursday afternoon. I don't like to schedule major things um, on Thursday afternoons. And I'm still believing this. This could be totally untrue. But I'm choosing to believe it. Fridays, I want to be done by like two o'clock. I purposely schedule things 
earlier in the afternoon on Fridays because I believe that I'm, I'm tapped out. My energy's done. And so I look at the weekends as I can forget the previous week. <laughs> I think a lot of us like to do that. But is that really true? These are just days on a calendar. I used to work Tuesday through Saturday. So I had a very different relationship with the weekend than most everybody I knew. But now that I'm Monday through Friday, I have taken on a lot of the beliefs that most people have about the weekend. It's like, it's two days that you can do whatever and check out of your, you know, so-called calendar, or if that's what you want, or it's, it's just a continuation of your calendar on a more maybe social relaxation based, uh, needs and wants. And so I have been questioning Sundays, Saturdays to me are like, okay, Saturdays. Okay. What do I do with them? What do I do with Saturday? Do I sleep? Do I do housework? Do I catch up on laundry? Do I, what, what about Saturdays? And I always go into Saturday, not really having a plan sometimes. And sometimes this is good. And sometimes this causes me to wallow in confusion about, I should be doing this. I should be doing this. I've got this time. And my brain gets very caught up in the shoulds. And then I start making really poor decisions from that restlessness and that should that uh, by Saturday afternoon, I'm, I'm like, I'm really over Saturday. I didn't enjoy it at all. Sundays to me are intentionally quiet and I do some planning for the week ahead, but not much. So I've started to develop a different relationship with the weekend. I'm trying to be more intentional about it in terms of what I want to do. Even if it's just to like lay there and watch, you know, Criminal Minds or old episodes of NCIS or Supernatural, whatever it is that I feel like, what, what do I want to do? So you see how my brain has a story about every day of the week. What are your stories about every day of the week? What are your stories about January? January to me is sort of anticlimactic because we got through the holidays and then there was like this huge surge of energy to get something started. It's the beginning of the year. We got to start off on the right foot. Okay. What does that even mean? So I'm figuring it out, that out now. I've created goals for 2022 in terms of financial, health, and my personal life. I want to start including some of those goals into my quarterly goals. I want to evaluate all those goals on a regular basis. I evaluate most of my days now. What worked? What didn't work? What am I going to do differently tomorrow? How can I think differently about something that hasn't been working since Monday? So that helps me put the days of the week in context. And sometimes I don't remember what I do over a week. So I don't necessarily do weekly evaluations or monthly. I'll do quarterly evaluations uh, because my quarterly list is pretty explicit. It's, it's quite intentional and detailed. So February to me is the, the month I usually get really sick. It's a month I struggle with, or at least I believe I do. It's that 
time between well, we're all kind of, I know I'm really tired of winter and I'm tired of being cold and I'm tired of being, uh, not going outside. I'm, I'm waiting for spring. March has promised to me, although it can be disappointing depending on how the weather goes, but you know, you can see the end of the light at March if you're in the Northern hemisphere, that is. So April is like, yes, we're getting into spring and, and spring has that promise and April can kind of go a lot of different ways, but I've got things to look forward to in April in 2022. I look at May as, oh, it's going to start to get hot here. I live in North Carolina. I know I don't live in the deep South or the tropics or anywhere else, but North Carolina has its own uh, weather where I'm not a big fan, say from July to October. See, see I've got stories written about July through October living in North Carolina. Um, and so July is sort of, it, it can be the, the absolute stillness of summer where it's truly hot. And I think it's hell on earth because <laughs> it's so hot. Boy, I'm just unloading all of this on you. You see where your brain goes. I've given this some thought because I don't want to feel some of these things about certain months of the year. I really, I, I like October because it's cooler and there's the adjustment in the in the uh, the amount of light we have during the day. November, this is start of the holidays, so there's anticipation. I love December. I love December for a lot of reasons, but I haven't made peace with December in the way I want to, as an and as a year end, as a cycle end. So you see, you know the. Uh, the circumstances of the months change, like the weather. That's pretty much the most significant thing you will under you will see and experience and notice. It's also the amount of light we have during the day, and how much um, the light represents to me. Like I have, you know, I can go out and and drive and feel, you know, relatively safe driving around or walking around at night, you know, because it isn't dark yet. So what are your stories about the months? What are your stories about the days of the week? What are your stories about the beginning of a month compared to the end of the month, especially when you have monthly goals? And I coached a friend of mine on this last week. At the beginning of the month, she's super excited and she's kind of invested and motivated, but that has petered out by the end of the month, by the last week of the month, where she's not seeing the results that she thinks she's not seeing the results that she wants. And so there's a whole story she's telling herself at the end of every month. And that's why she's so excited for the beginning of the month. There are two different stories here that she's telling herself. So we, you can see how a lot of these stories have set me up for disappointment, have set me up for judgment for what isn't happening. And because I'm coming from disappointment or um, maybe in the case of December, for sure, that shame, I'm not focusing on what is happening. I'm, I'm not finding, looking for and finding evidence that things are working because shame will automatically shut you down. And will shame will, you know, you know be in that focused place where everything is negative. So it's really interesting how the calendar as a circumstance, as just a, you know, a piece of paper with 
the days of the week and numbers and the month name and a year name has so much weight in our relationship with ourselves and with time. These are all constructs. Days are days, you know, because of the seasons and the way that our planetary alignment works, we're going to have more light in some time, in some parts of the year than we are in others. But those, everything else is just a construct that we have built in order to compartmentalize time in order, in a way to, you know, tell us what's going on to separate the days from the weeks, from the months, from the years. And it's our way of keeping time. But time is, in my mind, a, it's not an endless resource. I can stretch my time. I've learned how to make the most of time. I've learned how to be very efficient with time, but it's still finite. We, we just build different relationships with it. We build, uh, in most cases, a, a pretty limiting beliefs about, I'm running out of time. I missed that deadline. The deadline is looming. And we put a lot of weight on that. And it, it, it's almost like a reflection of our own inefficiency. And so we can judge the crap out of ourselves for that too. So if it's a construct, what do you want to think about time? And I remember as a kid, and I think a lot of people, this is an observation that, you know, when we were a kid, time took forever. And then we were getting older. And I was told in my 20s that, oh, just, oh, appreciate the time that you have. And that as a 25-year-old was a little beyond me. And so, you know, I've had, I've formulated different relationships with time with each progressive decade. So in my twenties, it was, I was not aware of it. It seemed to fly by, but it seemed pretty slow too. In my thirties, it seemed to, in a lot of ways, I was unconscious and foggy most of the time in my thirties for a multitude of dis different reasons, um, trying to figure things out about who I was and wasn't. And in my forties, it was, I started to really appreciate time in my forties. Cause I was like, you know, this is supposedly midlife. And I can reassess uh, what do I want to think and feel about myself when I turn 50. I prepared for 50 for three years. And now that I turned 52 last week, I have, I had some shame around being 52 and other circumstances in my life. Like, why haven't you figured this out now? By now, you're 52 years old. And you see how condemning that is when I've, I've done a lot in my 52 years that I'm pretty proud of, especially in the, probably in the last decade. <laughs> so age is one of those numbers too. Age, you know, um, I was talking to somebody and they asked me my age and they were like, well, you're, you know, thinking of retiring and what does retirement mean? When do you plan on retiring? I'm like, I have no clue. I mean, I, what does retirement even mean? Well, you know, statistically, it means about the age of 65. And I know a lot of people who are approaching or are 65 who are not retiring. That's just a number. That's just a construct according to our the U.S. government's um, Social Security retirement. And 65 is just a number. 
I know some 45-year-olds who look and feel older than 65 because of the weight of their own experiences. I know people who are in their 70s who are very vibrant and very alive. So I look at that too. I can make 52 mean whatever the hell I want it to mean. And when I hit 50, as a woman, I felt very empowered. I'm getting more powerful as I get older. More powerful, wiser, and <laughs> efficient. I don't waste a lot of time on things that I know, like, nope, nope, Diana, you know from history, this does not work for you. So I've gotten efficient. And time is, I think, a blessing to us. Uh, it's a relationship with a concept that we have to form on our own. How do you want to look at time? How do you want to feel about your age? How do you want to feel about your age six months into that new year? I start looking at June and July like, oh, June 30th, six months to my birthday. Ooh, I start to, to make that mean something. Like I'm already judging myself ahead of time. Like, oh, Diana, you haven't done all these things yet. Not helpful and not true. Because that part of our brain, that prim primal brain, uh, the animal brain in us is always looking toward the negative. It is conditioned to look at it where we really have to be intentional about finding all the things that happened in that first six months of the, of our year. So as this applies to goals, if your relationship with time and its increments, years, months, days, hours, years, your age, your age relative to other people in your life, or your age relative to the people that you look up to and your goals. And how do you take into account time in your goals? Because I think for a lot of us, we give ourselves way too much time on certain things and not enough on others. Like my goal for December was something I worked toward. I thought, I thought a month was, you know, it was a good experiment. I look at a lot of my goals as experiments. They're not fail or pass. They're things I learn. So if I look at time and failure and goals, is there a failure? In my eyes, no. I look at failure as I tried this, it didn't work. I'm going to try something else next based upon what I learned from this quote unquote failure. So in, in terms of my goals, my quarterly goals, or say for instance, the December goal I had was a financial goal. I did not reach it. Does that mean I suck or I did something wrong? No. For me, it means I'm going to extend that into January. I learned a, a lot about myself and what I'm doing and not doing when it comes to this goal. And I'm going, I'm going to carry that forward into January. I'm going to, I'm going to reach that goal. It is inevitable. I will reach that goal because I'm focused on it. I'm not looking at December as a failure. I'm looking at December as I learned a shit ton. I learned so much. How can I take that moving forward? And if you look at goals, say for instance, like you have a weight goal and that's pretty common this time of year that, you know, say for instance, you, I'm going to lose 20 pounds in the month of January, for instance. And so if you're not, you're motivated, 
but you're not committed to it. And that's what you have to take into account on any goal you, you create for yourself, resolution or not. You have to, how committed are you to that goal that you're going to keep trying? You're going to look at obstacles and challenges as part of the, the, the journey. We often get depleted during our, when we're pursuing a goal. And we forget that depletion is a stage, not the destination. We think of we're depleted and we think there's something wrong with our goal and we need to stop. Whereas it's just a part, it's one stop on the journey. The next, it could be depressed. It could be frustrated or it could be joyous. I'm getting there. I'm making, I'm taking steps and they're working for me. So as just sort of a side conversation here, I wanted to have about goals and time in this was because I, I wanted people to recognize that time should, I like to think of it as working for us. How can I make the most of my time? How can I be efficient? How can I cut off all the drama in my head? How can I keep going even with the drama in my head? These are, I think, are more important questions and considerations than already going to failing ahead of time. I'm not, this is not going to work. I'm going to be motivated for about two months and then I'm going to quit because you're not committed. You got to explore what your relationship is is to commitment to something, no matter what. And why does that sentence, I know for me when I first heard, well, I'm going to lose X amount of pounds by this date. And, and somebody offered like, well, you'll create that, that number for yourself as you go, no matter what. And I was like, what do you mean by no matter what? No matter what is scary. <laughs> what does that look like? No matter what is basically the challenges and the obstacles that having a goal like that will present. I'm going to a, a party where they're only serving pizza. What do I do? I'm going to uh, a restaurant and I didn't look at the menu in order to prepare and I'm hungry. I may make you know, decisions that are not supportive of my weight loss goal. So what are you going to make that mean? What are you going to make that obstacle mean? You could just like, well, I'm going to do the best I can and, and keep going. I'm not going to judge myself, beat myself up because things happened. How committed am I to this goal going forward? Is it something I'm just going to ignore after two months? Or am I, my, is my level of commitment is something I renew month to month to month or qu by quarter or by week, whatever that looks like. So I really wanted to bring this up to you because I think it's important. It was really very interesting to me to discover that I had some very elaborate and believable, true stories about the different increments of time and how powerful they were, or I felt they were, and how much they dictated, I thought, my actions throughout the year. And it would be like I said, it's interesting to consider all of those for yourself. What does January mean to you? What does December mean? What does July mean? 
And how, if I have a story about those months, how is it affecting my actions or inactions? So it's something to consider about, to consider, um, I'll blame it on my Capricornian nature. And because Capricorns have an interesting relationship with time, we can, for myself, I'm seeing this more as I grow older. Um, and I know a lot of Capricorns and they have this sort of, if, if they're conscious of it, they have, they straddle looking forward and looking back all the time. And I'm in this place where I can appreciate the past and look forward to the future. And, and they all sort of integrate, makes sense in my head anyway. So uh, thank you for listening um, and happy birthday to any Capricorns out there. Uh, we're, we're a special bunch. Uh, thank you for listening. If you have any comments or questions about any of the topics that I've addressed in the podcast, let me know. But I really appreciate you listening. Enjoy your week. I'll see you or talk to you next week. <laughs>